Living with diabetes has never been easier thanks to the latest in treatment options and technologies. And joining me today to discuss diabetes and the overall health benefits of successfully treating it is Dr. John Osborne, Head of Cardiology for the Low T Center. This is Age is Just a Number by the Low T Center. I'm Scott Webb. So Dr. Osborne, thanks so much for joining me today. We're talking about diabetes. So let's start here. Take us through the types of diabetes and is one more serious than the other? Diabetes is just an absolutely important medical disease. So patients with established diabetes is at least 30 million people in the United States. And probably a quarter of those people actually have diabetes, have diabetes and are completely unrecognized as having it. So it is a major cardiovascular risk factor, still terribly underappreciated. And to make that matter worse, it's estimated probably about 70 to 80 million adults in the U.S. that have metabolic syndrome or prediabetes that are headed to develop diabetes unless they change the trajectory. There's two major types of diabetes, although as it turns out, there's multiple subtypes. The easiest way to think of it is about 5% of people with diabetes have what we call type 1 diabetes, the, the kind of diabetes that usually happens in young kids. And what happens is that is actually an autoimmune disease, which attacks what are called beta cells, which are in your pancreas, which is the organ that produces all of your insulin. And with this autoimmune disease that knocks out your beta cells in the pancreas, it renders you unable to make insulin. And in that case, if you do not get insulin given to you by your medical doctor, it is a completely 100% and fairly rapidly fatal disease. So that changed roughly just a little less than 100 years ago when we discovered insulin, began to produce it initially from animals, and then now it's all produced with uh, biotechnology. So that's type 1 diabetes. And the numbers of people who develop type 1 diabetes have been relatively stable. If you look at people who develop diabetes, the main difference between type 1 and type 2 and type 2 are your patients that typically are older adults uh, that usually most, not all though, have some degree of uh, being overweight. Uh, and the heralding signs long before you develop type 2 diabetes or adult onset diabetes, as we used to call it, of course, we don't call it adult onset diabetes now because now we have kids, teenagers who are overweight developing classical type 2 diabetes because of their weight issues. That is 95% of patients with diabetes, and that is the form of diabetes that has just rocketed up dramatically over the last uh, 30 years as far as affecting people, not just in the, in the U.S., but, but really globally as well. The, the key to both of these forms of diabetes is, as a cardiologist, is that both of them are major, major risk factors for cardiovascular disease that stents, balloons, bypass surgeries, heart attacks, strokes, all of those different manifestations of plaque that builds up in the heart. Because what diabetes does, whether it's type 1 or type 2, is it tends to make your vessels very, very sticky. It also causes high blood pressure uh, and is associated very much with high blood pressure. And also, thirdly, is associated with certain changes in your cholesterol profile that tend to, to really enhance the ability to deposit these fatty plaques that cause the strokes, the heart attacks, the bypass surgeries, the balloons, the stents, all of those various manifestations of heart disease. And so when we talk about type 2, that can be avoided, right? Yeah, type 2 can be very successfully avoided and prevented. In fact, from a study done over 15 years ago and still relevant today, 
they did a study of people that had pre-diabetes, which again is extremely common. 70, 80 million people in the U.S. have that. They randomized these patients to a control group, to a group where they took a drug called metformin, which is used to treat diabetes, or to basically good old diet, exercise, weight loss. And now they also, in the third group with diet, exercise, weight loss, they also gave them trainers, they gave them nurses, nutritionists, so a lot of support. But that translated to these individuals losing about 5 to 7% of their body weight. And that translated over the course of several years into a 58% reduction in the risk of transitioning from pre-diabetes or metabolic syndrome, as we call it, to frank diabetes. So just diet, exercise, weight loss was profoundly effective in helping people to avoid the progression on to type 2 diabetes. That's so good to know. You know, diet, exercise, weight loss is obviously so key and type 2 can be avoided. Let's just say a patient has done everything they can to try to, you know, not go from pre-diabetic to actually having, you know, type 2 diabetes, but it's just not working for them. What would you then do and prescribe? Like, how would you treat diabetes for those patients? If you're ever going to have diabetes, and I, I, I don't want anyone to have diabetes, but if, you're, if you do have it, it, it is a phenomenal time to be alive. Uh, just over the last several years, they've developed several new drug therapies with new, what we call mechanisms of actions. In other words, new ways, new uh, pharmacologic approaches that can dramatically assist patients with diabetes. Uh, in fact, if you look at drugs for diabetes, of course, insulin is almost 100 years old. Back in the 1950s, we developed drugs called sulfonylureas that if you look at the data with the outcomes, they control blood sugar, but they translated to a higher risk of cardiovascular events. And, and then there was really a, a big desert for decades until really the early 90s when we began to develop new drugs to help treat diabetes and lower blood sugar. And really within only the last several years uh, have developed newer drugs and new mechanisms of actions. Uh, these particular drugs are, are called SGLT2 drugs, which is a class of drugs. And there's several members of that class made by different companies. And there's also what are called GLP-1 agonists, which are injectable, but they're once a week injections. Uh, none of them cause low blood sugar to any significant degree. And then interestingly, both these drugs particularly GLP-1s, are actually quite effective at helping people lose weight as well, in addition to lowering blood sugar. And for me as a cardiologist, understanding how what a profound risk factor diabetes is for heart disease is that we've actually done trials looking at people treated with these drugs and showing that these drugs not only lower blood sugar, they do it effectively and safely, they help you lose weight. They also have some positive effects on blood pressure, which is very, very common in patients with diabetes. But most importantly, the use of these drugs translates to less cardiovascular events, less strokes, less heart attacks, less heart failure. Uh, and in fact, you actually live longer with less cardiovascular events and cardiovascular death, that's deaths due to the strokes and heart attacks. And in fact, uh, some of these studies, in fact, most of them show a reduction in all-cause mortality. So if you have diabetes, you take this drug versus not taking this drug, you literally live longer. So very, very exciting and promising uh, advances in the world of pharmacology when that's appropriate. And I will say at the low T centers, we're really at the forefront of bringing these tools to our patients to improve their health risk and better treat their diabetes, but ultimately too, again, as cardiologists, helping to combat the 
massive risk factor that diabetes is and really helping to mitigate that risk in our patients with diabetes. That's really amazing. And I, and I know that you probably don't refer to it like this, but that kind of like one-stop shopping. I know what else is amazing is the latest in diabetes technology. Monitoring blood sugar is a lot easier today than in the past. You know, And I've heard you say this before, it helps people to live longer and healthier lives. So let's talk about uh, the latest in technology. Yeah. So on the monitoring side, just to understand how you're doing with respect to your blood sugars, again, over the last several years, the monitoring uh, tools have really dramatically improved and gotten much better. So we have a whole spectrum of devices, even devices now that can check your blood sugar without a pinprick, which is a big deal, uh, to what we call CGM or continuous glucose monitoring. Uh, these devices, basically, you uh, kind of stick under your skin uh, and can leave them there for several days and they'll give you continuous glucose measurements. So you can both understand if you're too high, but also, particularly people on insulin, to make sure you don't go too low, which can both be not only dangerous, but even life-threatening. And uh, and again, not only do we have all these tools that have been developed over the last several years, there are even little watches you can wear that show your blood sugars, but the, the pace of development is breathtakingly fast as far as that goes too. So even what we have today uh, will be even better a year or two from now, even though it's pretty phenomenal now. So again, it's a, it's a good time to be alive if you have diabetes or at risk for it. Isn't it an interesting way to put that, but it's so true that, that diabetes is not uh, this cumbersome or even a, a death sentence that it might have been years ago, that people live long, healthy lives with diabetes, in both in the on the treatment side and the monitoring side. Uh, so much great stuff out there. I did want to ask, because we're hearing from across the country that, that people are not going to the hospital because of COVID-19, because of fears of COVID-19. And I wanted to give you a chance to put it in your own words that emergent conditions, concerns, heart attacks, stroke, even diabetes, these are all good reasons to go where people are, you know, protected. The safest place to be right now is treatment centers, is hospitals, is emergency departments, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and certainly at the low T center, we've obviously been very cognizant of all these issues and taken all the appropriate measures as well to keep people both safe from all these things we've talked about, diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol disorders, cardiovascular events, as well as being very proactive in treating other things such as sleep apnea that causes manifest problems of high blood pressure and increased heart rhythm problems, and as well as just making you feel terrible, tired and fatigued, thyroid disorders, all of those things. So we've really uh, developed some very impressive, cutting-edge, state-of-the-art approaches for all of these different conditions that utilize the latest technologies and tools available. Uh, but also, too, we have, as an organization, have really gone to great lengths to ensure that we do that in a very, very safe way with the underlying COVID pandemic raging right now, uh, ensuring that uh, both our staff and you minimize any risk from developing these these conditions. In fact, I, I will tell you, even sort of despite all of the pandemic issues having occurring over the last couple months or so, uh, that we really haven't been affected by that uh, here at the low T centers, which I'm very proud of. And I think it testifies to uh, our approaches to help mitigate and minimize uh, risk of the spread of COVID within our organization, uh, both to our health providers, all of our MAs, our staff, and of course, most importantly to our patients as well. 
so good to know that uh, people are still going to the Low T Center, that they feel safe there, and as well they should with everything you all have done uh, you know, to deal with COVID-19. And I've talked to you many times, and we always come back to the same thing, which is that most of the stuff you know, that people have an experience is treatable if you get on those things early, right, and you seek the proper treatment and you follow the course of action from your doctors. A lot of these things are treatable and you can live long and healthy lives. As we wrap up today here, Dr. Osborne, anything else we need people to know about diabetes and how the Low T Center specifically can help people to live with it? Big picture, just to follow up on your last comment, is that historically what we've accepted is that about half of men, two-thirds women, the first symptom of heart disease is you die from it. It kills you. And then we take the survivors that survived their heart attack or their stroke, and then they get stents and balloons and bypass surgery, or if you had a stroke, get put in a nursing home. And then we say, geez, we, do need, we need to treat your blood pressure, need to treat your diabetes, need to treat your cholesterol, get you quit smoking, you know, whatever would be most appropriate for that particular patient. And to think that this is a disease that's been there for probably 20 to 30 years, uh, asymptomatically causing no symptoms and festering there and only becomes manifest at the very end of that, resulting in killing about half a man and two-thirds of women is the first symptom, completely unacceptable. And we at the Low T Center very much appreciate that. And we really want to be, and we are leaders in helping to identify this condition early, long before it kills you long before you need stents or balloons or bypass surgery with the latest technology to identify it early and also using the latest data, literature, tools to help dramatically change that trajectory so that we avoid the sudden acute cardiovascular event, uh, which we call a stroke or heart attack, and instead say, hey, we have some issues that we need to work on. These are straightforward. We're going to successfully treat these and then therefore dramatically lower the rate of death from cardiovascular disease, which still, even with COVID, still kills 40% of all Americans. Yeah, you know, and I always find it a little bit ironic that, um, you know, we're we're doing these podcasts for the Low T Center, but we often don't talk about Low T. We talk about all these other things because it's sort of implied in the name. Like Low T, you know what the Low T Center can do for you related to Low T. But all these other things that we talk about that we want people to understand that treatment is available there for you, experts are available there for you, whether it's sleep apnea, diabetes, whatever it might be, the Low T Center is the place now during COVID-19 and anytime. So Dr. Osborne, thank you so much for being on as always. As always, Scott, thank you so much. That's Dr. John Osborne, Head of Cardiology for the Low T Center. Call 866-806-8235 or go to lowtcenter.com for more information or to book an appointment. And thanks for listening to Age is Just a Number, a podcast by the Low T Center. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out our entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Scott Webb. Stay well, and we'll talk again soon.